0: Bridge Toll, California, customer service number.
1: Highway miles to the gallon, Ford
0: Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation.
1: What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California.
0: Best Western hotels. How old
1: is Ronaldo?
0: What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long gift? before a wedding should I send out are save games the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to, to check email best on best other best email spot. clients. Identify best fonts best from where America. to find We were the four years in power. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today, we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses, scale organic search traffic, and educate their organizations. this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible.
1: Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host today, Tyson Stockton, and today we're going to be talking about understanding query intent. Joining us is Tom Johnson, who is SEO manager at We Buy Any Car, which is UK's largest car buying service and has helped over 2 million customers to sell their cars since 2006, Today, Tom and I are going to be jumping into leveling up keyword mapping with intent. So understanding how your keywords kind of are are clustered or grouped together, the intent objections behind that and how to actually tactically do that and implement it and bring it into practice. Okay, here's my conversation with Tom Johnson, the SEO manager at We Buy Any Car. Tom, How you doing? Welcome to the Voice of Search podcast.
2: Hi Tyson, I'm doing great, thank you. Pleasure to be on here. Um, I'm really excited about our two topics uh, today, and I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: Excellent. Yeah, so we're splitting kind of between continents here. So we have you coming in from uh, from the UK and Livermore, and I'm out in California. But excited to have you on the podcast, and look forward to kind of like diving into this topic of mapping keyword intent and. To kick us off with that, why don't we just kind of like level set with the audience as far as if there's any conflicting understandings? Like, from your perspective, what do you mean or what is included in keyword mapping from your side?
2: Okay. Yeah. We'll start with the basics, like everything, before we get into all the intent and all that mesh. um, I think it's easy just to talk about keyword mapping broadly. Um, It's something that I feel everyone should be doing. Um, keyword mapping, essentially mapping keywords from your keyword research with all the pages on your site, right? Really basic, really important. Why we would do that is obviously it's going to help us with our internal linking efforts. It's going to help us identify cannibalization. It's going to help us see gaps in our content, and it's going to help us also identify their pages. So all really important stuff. But keyword mapping docs in essence, are quite basic and usually not too actionable at times. So I'm here to talk to you today a little bit about how we can get our typical keyword mapping doc and use the data that we already have and using other data from our tools that we use every day um to create high return in investment content, right? Um so yeah that's keyword mapping.
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing from that are like the the takeaways that I would highlight is essentially this is going to be one of like the foundation building blocks that then you're tapping into for Implementing additional like strategies, changes to the site, like you touched on internal linking, but really it's like the framework or kind of like the blueprint, so to speak, of the market that you're going after from an organic search. Is that would you agree with that, Tom?
2: Exactly. I think everything good starts from strong foundations, and I think during my agency time, particularly, you have a lot of clients come through the door, you get a lot of clients signing up, um, and. It's trying to look at their website as a whole and understand what each page and their purpose is. That, that's what I used to say, you know, what is the purpose of this page? What is the purpose of that page? Um, so, that, I mean, that's keyword mapping. And I think um, any SEO should really know what that is and should be doing that for sure. But I think what we're talking about here today is is how we can leverage that and use that for more things and, and uh, you know, map that out of intent. Um, but that's correct.
1: And, you know, maybe before we get into like, the the applications or how to bring an intent to it as far as within the topic of keyword mapping like where is this living like where are you building out this document within
2: so yeah it just be kind of your typical um, sheet you can do it on Excel Google Maps right it typically contain um, the title of the page the URL and um, keyword target keywords, it can be multiple it can be a primary it can be secondary keywords and um, could even be the rank of, you know, your rank for your primary keyword. and um, it could contain like search volume, potential search volume um, for each page. That's what a typical keyword map doc would look like, kind of on a spreadsheet form.
1: And then with like layering in the additional attributes, you know, in intent we've been kind of teasing around already. What's the purpose and how do you bring intent into that same document?
2: I think it's all about the buyer journey. Um, I think every, every conversation in marketing usually starts with an upside down triangle as we know it as the funnel. Um, so it's looking at how we can target all of our prospective users, our personas um, at each point in their buyer journey, which is something I will touch on a little bit more detail later on. But that's a really important thing to consider.
1: Excellent. So just kind of you know, move in pieces while or try, try to visualize it for the listener here. So we're going through, we're creating that Excel or Google Sheets document, we have that kind of connection between URL to target or objective, like the queries that you're trying to do it. Then we're laying in intent to understand like where within the buyer's journey that that's fitting. What are some of the, the tools or how do you get at attributing intent into keyword mapping?
2: Okay, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go at this, and a lot of angles you can take. Um, I think a lot of people typically kind of use the keyword tools that they've got. So Ahrefs, SEMrush Rush has that built in already, or they'll use Assumption. So they'll go, okay, well, um, this is a informational piece, right? Um, so what is digital marketing? Clearly, this is informational intent. It's not going to convert highly, but there's volume there. So that's going to be mapped as informational. Or it might just be as simple as, "Oh, uh, well, it says SEM Rush says it's informational, so it is," um, and then that goes in there. I think also as SEO, as SEO marketers, we have a feel for intent too. When something generally is a transactional keyword, for example, so digital marketing agency, it's someone looking for a digital marketing agency, um, so it is clear generally. I think as the approach people take to it,
1: and I'm gonna go a little, a little off script or kind of like out of the.
0: That's pre-visible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E
1: dot I-O. From your experience, how that balance between taking the output from one of the tools versus like intuition, what's your general kind of feel of the output of intent that you get from, I mean, doesn't matter which tool, like, but any of these tools?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think all the tools have slightly different interpretations of intent. Uh, I think the typical intent that you'd see uh, through SEM, which, for example, would be navigational. So a specific page or site, the user's looking for that. Uh, Commercial, they're investigating a product or service. Transactional, they're ready to purchase. And informational, um, they're just learning on that. They're learning about that topic. Um, So, of course, they're the typical intent that you'd see. Um, So maybe some people's learning starts from that, and they read that online um, and... The tool, again, it's like programmatic, so it's pulling that through. Um, it's not always accurate. and I think with the broader terms, you'll see that. I think the main thing to consider with all of this is your industry specifically, um, and you should build it before you do any of this, really. Um, alongside your basic keyword map and doc, before you start building an intent, you should really build your own funnel so you understand what your persona... You could have multiple funnels, by the way, but you could understand what your persona will be doing and... Um, how they will behave online and what their buyer journey looks like, and you can paint out the funnel that way, and then once then you can define your own intent or you can use those typical intents you see on tools. but to answer your question, it's down to you really, as long as you're consistent, that's fine, and that's what this whole thing is about. It's um, yes, intent, it can be matter of fact, but also it depends
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate that you brought in that subjective nature to it because i think that's an area that most people will get a little more uncomfortable and it's this balance of are you trusting intuition and using other characteristics or using the output of the tools personally i 100% agree with you where you have to actually combine the two where when you're operating in scale like the output of the tools obviously is going to give like huge like time saving like ability But you do have to be cognitive of the uniqueness of your specific industry, vertical, silo, whatever you're in. And I I think it is great, the output of the tools. Obviously, since that's programmatic, there's going to be... You're going to catch most of it, but there's going to be that nuance 10, 20% that may not fit perfectly in that categorization. So, I 100% agree with like kind of adding in some human interjection to it. Personally, I'm also a fan of layering in certain SERP features as like triggers or cues to do it at scale. So, by triggering anything that had a product listing ad on it as into like validation of transactional intent, there's a few different clues that you can get into. But at the end of the day, we're ultimately trying to understand. Where does this fit in the buyer's journey, and then I assume from kind of like where we're we going next with this, that then gives direction or kind of focus of like the type of content that those URLs that we're mapping to needs to address.
2: Yeah, that's right. And kind of to kind of touch on again what you said about the tools and using both and blending them together. I think you can use the intents from tools to, as a hint. And then you can you know, you know, can either agree with that or you can go ahead and decide that that's a different intent from your intuition. As you say, you can run a query through SERPs, which I always think, if in doubt, just Google it. You can run a query through the SERPs and usually the SERPs will kind of tell you what the intent is themselves. I mean, Google have invested lots of resources into making sure the algorithm is pretty sound. I think often just trust it. Um, so yeah, I completely
1: agree. And I guess within that piece of like checking... What are your thoughts? And I think it's like the gray area intent, but like, what are your thoughts on those more like upper funnel queries and topics that we're finding like more and more blended intent? And more specifically, like, if you take a topic like running shoes, you're going to get your transactional intent and like category type pages with that. You're also going to get a a blend or a layer of editorial content that's like top 10 best running shoes. Do you take that into account in your mapping? Or do you find it more advantageous to just group it 100% it's this category or it's that category?
2: Yeah, I think with, with those broader queries and the more ambiguous ones, Google generally are undecided naturally because the user is undecided. Um, so you will have those category pages, you'll have those listicles. But ultimately, I don't think it's necessarily a great use of time going after them directly. I think there's more clear transactional intent keywords that you're most likely to rank for the ambiguous ones at times. But in my experience, you're in and out, you're in and out, you're gonna, you may rank there. Um, I think in the UK, we rank one of our clients for the term divorce, um, which is obviously high, very high search volume. Um, it's probably something that you'd be quite proud of. You know, we ranked for divorce, a very broad keyword. And um, how we rank with that is we wrote a really kind of relevant, fresh piece about it being a 50/50 split. Um, and we didn't go after that keyword. We didn't go after divorce, of course we didn't. But Google seen that as something relevant because someone who said for divorce, the intent's unclear. So that, that particular page was ranking for divorce at times, um, although it did eventually drop rank because that intents changing all the time.
1: So that's an example in my experience. Excellent. And I guess to further kind of progress this, so I mean, like we as, I think as listeners or myself, like we can make assumptions and it makes sense like from the conceptual point of view of like, great, we need to understand like our inventory, the spaces and the keywords that we're targeting for it. So understanding the intent with this then helps us in kind of like calling out the directions, but like, how would you describe kind of like the application or the use cases once someone's gone through these steps of creating the mapping, creating this foundation, like what are the ways then in which SEOs we can then use this to bring into the task initiatives and things that we're getting live to site?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something in this sort of next episode I really want to go into detail with. I of almost give step-by-step instructions on how we can do that. Um, some tips that I'll be given on this episode are kind of going to be um, more for SMEs, right? People who don't have a lot of data to play with. Um, but to answer your question, I think there's a lot of data that you've, you might have um, for that particular client or you're in-house. You can leverage that. To kind of predict future content, right? Um, and that, that's very actionable. So that's what I really want to all out in detail um, in the next episode for sure.
1: Tom, your team is in the listeners a little bit with uh, the upcoming episode. And I know I'm kind of like getting close to bleeding into the last one. So maybe before we close it out with this episode, from an initial foundation framework, do you have any last kind of like recommendations, tips that you give to the listeners as far as what to include or what not to include in this exercise or in this practice of creating this mapping framework of URLs, keywords, intent, and then having that as a foundational asset in their SEO efforts?
2: Yeah, sure. So what I'll start by saying is that um, you should consider search volume in this too. Um, so Kevin and Dick did a great piece on this, a very talented SEO, and he kind of went in detail about mapping the keyword level and um, how search volume is relevant, um, and he touches a lot of intent in his article. But the kind of takeaway from it is long-tail keywords have less search volume, but much higher intent, and, of course, the broader keywords um, or the informational um, well there's broader keywords have a lot less, a lot more search volume, right? So although it'd be more tempting to go after something with a huge amount of search volume, it completely depends on what your objectives are. Now, if you're an affiliate marketer, volume is key. You want volume because you're going to monetize each page. You're going to have ads on there. But if your e-commerce business or lead generation intent is super crucial to what you're doing. So just because it's low, low search volume, don't sleep on it. Also, a kind of side note on that is these tools aren't always accurate. So it might be saying it's zero age volume. And If the intent seems high, I would have a go. I would publish that content, create that page, and you know it's probably going to convert. So the volume's there. You've got a decent conversion rate and use the intent. So that's a really important thing to consider. But I'll just kind of round it up a little bit by saying, if you don't Google it, the search speaks back to you. and um, So you'll enter keywords. Generally, you're acting as the user, so Google are going to serve you what you want as the user. So type those keywords in you're unsure about and read the search as as me and Tyson kind of touched on. Tools give hints, but also take into consideration your business, learn your business funnel, learn all of your clients' funnel. If you do not know much about your client's business, that's fine. We we don't all know everything about our clients' businesses, but go into their business where they learn about it, do an induction, really important. And build personas, understand in detail what your user looks like that you're targeting, and define your own intents. Don't be afraid to do it. If it's useful to you, just be consistent.
1: I couldn't agree more on that. I mean, love the shout out to to, to Kevin, friend of the podcast, fellow uh, Search Metrics alum. But I think you, you really nailed it on a few of those points like knowing the business, taking that intuition. The tools can save a ton of time and give the direction. But again, it's a programmatic approach. So there is that room for kind of knowing the business, knowing the objective behind it. And then also thinking that perspective and that great takeaway of search volume, volume of keywords, the aggregate of those can really you know, make a difference. But I think that's been really helpful in setting this foundation and building the business case of why it's worth to go through the exercise of this mapping and bringing intent into this process from like an attribute standpoint and really excited for our next conversation. That wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Tom Johnson, SEO manager at we Buy Any Car, for joining us. Uh, join us again tomorrow for part two of this conversation where Tom and I are going to discuss using marketing intent and conversion rate to create a higher ROI. If you can't wait until next episode and would like to learn more about Tom, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at TomJohnsonSEO. That's all one word, Tom Johnson SEO, or visit his company's website at webuyanycar.com.
0: So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at Ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S
1: dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more note in our show notes. You'll have all the information of who we're talking to here as well as a manuscript of all the points that we're talking about in... If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, just head over to voiceofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information of our guests. You can also send us topic uh, suggestions or SEO questions or apply to be a guest speaker on the Voice of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out to me on social media. Our show handle is at Voices of Search on Twitter, as well as my personal handle is at Tyson underscore Stockton. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to be publishing a new episode every workday. So hit the subscribe button and your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.